Well, welcome back to Let's Open the Bible. This is the Thursday edition, and uh, we welcome you, Gavin and I, here uh, this morning. Gavin, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with uh, with you. Thank you for tuning in and for uh, uh, all of our, our loyal listeners. I know we have several, and in fact, one of the cool things, Gavin, I hadn't said this on air, but uh, for uh, By God's Grace, or uh, we have got listeners like literally all over the world. We, we're in Singapore. That's new, actually. Singapore, Nigeria, Spain, the United Kingdom, India, and Puerto Rico. And so if you're listening and you're in one of those countries, uh, or the United States, of course, we, we thank you for tuning in and listening, and we welcome you today as we uh, this week have been discussing uh, a sensitive but important topic, one that the Bible deals with very directly in, in many places, and that is the topic of death. Do you know any... Do you know any foreign words for hello, good morning? I know buenos dias. Hola. Hola. Hello. hello. Buenos dias. I know cupola cherry. For, it's Romanian. I know uh, I tried to learn some Chinese. That that did not go well. Yeah. But anyways, I, I welcome with everybody. It. Yes, welcome you uh, to the podcast. And, and if I could speak uh, uh, the English language any better, then I, I might could try to approach another language. But uh, Well, I always say that you know I was born in England and lived there three weeks, but I say that they were a very formative three weeks. And when uh, I use it to my advantage, although it, my wife doesn't fall for it, I use it to my advantage. I have a foot-shaped mouth, and when my wife says, why would you say something like that? I often tell her, you don't know what it's like growing up in another country and coming over on a boat, which I did, uh, came over to America on a boat and not speaking a word of the, of the language because I was three weeks old. But, uh, you know, one is English and one is American, right? Isn't that what you guys speak over here? American. So I don't speak the language. So, I mean, what does she expect from me? And then the other thing is she'll say, why, you know, like, why is your side of the room always messy? And I'll tell her, like, honey, it's a cultural difference. I grew up in England and she's like three weeks. Hey, it's sufficient. <laughs> She she's very sometimes judgmental of my three weeks in England. I think they were very formative. She is a wise woman. <laughs> yes, so very. We're, today we're going to talk about um, misunderstanding death, and and here's here's kind of what I want to talk about today. Uh, we'll look at uh, if you want to head that way. We're going to look at Second Corinthians chapter twelve and and read uh, verses two through seven. But there are so many ideas about death that a significant portion of the world believes that are unbiblical, that uh, are derived through, you know, man's personal whims or through uh, bad doctrine. For example, the, the atheists may believe that, you know, this, this is it. Uh, you know, Joel would be proud. This, this is our best life. You know, we just, we go into the ground and, and it's like, turn out the lights, the party's over. And then, then you have those people that, uh, the Buddhist and the uh, and the uh, uh, Hindus, Hindus, yeah, uh, the Dharmic believe, faiths yeah. that we were talking about before that yeah. believe in reincarnation. Reincarnation, we come back as a butterfly, if you know. If you, then, then a lot of secularists, uh, you know, uh, one of the one of my favorite non-Christian, uh, very un, very much against God uh, philosophers would be Friedrich Nietzsche, and he has a very profound parable the parable of a madman in which this man runs into a town and announces that god is dead and we have killed him and uh and so he comes to a place where he says okay how are we going to fill this void 
must we become like gods ourselves? And, and, and of course that if you've lost all moorings and that's what he says, like the horizon is all distorted up has become down North has become South. I mean, Nietzsche just talks about how the whole world gets turned upside down and Nietzsche's no friend of Christianity. I'm not recommending him. I'm just saying that it, it, it forces us to think very profoundly about some of these things. And when God, when God is not, uh, in our hearts on his throne, suddenly everything becomes debatable, including what happens at death. If God, God, you and I have made this clear, God determines what is happening. God is truth. And then from that, we know what death looks like and what the, the reality of death. But when we, we, if it were possible, uh, in our minds and in our hearts, remove God from his throne, then suddenly we're, we're talking about, you know, what it looks like to go to heaven. Uh, you know, I, I died for 90 minutes and I was in heaven. We're talking about um, reincarnation. I think I was a, you know, an aardvark last year. You know, I mean, that, you know, I know I'm kind of, you know, abusing their thoughts, but, but yeah, just really when God is not the arbiter of truth and we are, we end up in bad places. And remember, I, I, God is not just simply the arbiter of truth. God is truth. Yeah, and so one of those that uh, that I want to tackle, uh, as time permits, I'm holding in my hand a copy of the book uh, by Todd Burpo, "Heaven Is for Real." It's a book I've read. I know Gavin, you haven't read it, <laughs> and it's it's got this this picture of this just adorable young little boy who um, apparently died, and he had some kind of death experience, and he comes back and and he shares that story, and and you know, so much of the culture uh, gets its theology from books like this. So there's one. Uh, uh, I think out that, you know, where the guy, um, allegedly died and went to hell and, and, you know, as a warning and he comes back and he gives his warning and, you know, some of the problems that associate these, and I don't want to attack any one particular author, uh, or any one particular book, but there, there's a problem that accompanies all of these books. It's not just that, that one book's right and the other book's wrong or whatever, but all of these books disagree with each other or the vast majority of them disagree with one another. And so what that tells us is while they can all be wrong, Wrong, they cannot all be right. Right. So that's the law of non-contradiction. It's one of the pillars of Aristotelian thought is that, yeah, it's the law of non-contradiction. They're really compelling stories. They, well, it's an appeal we, to emotion. Right. That's so the thing. logical fallacies are employed. Yeah. Yeah. We want to believe in some of these stories because they, they pull at the heartstrings or, you know, whatever it is. So, so I think something different. So I, I do believe that that some of the cute pictures are an appeal to emotion. I believe it's actually a greater picture of confirmation bias. Like we already have this idea of what heaven is. And so therefore, if somebody allegedly goes there and comes back with something a little bit similar, uh, we may correct them on this vision or that vision, or maybe we would even allow ourselves to be corrected just slightly, but, but it is just seeking what we want to be true. But the problem is that if you jump onto these books, then you really have a problem when other people say that they've been, been to heaven that from the from the the islamic faith uh from the buddhist faith you know anybody that says listen i've approached the greater state of nothingness in the dharmic face you know i've contemplated my navel enough that i approach this this higher way and i become part of you know again the greater state of nothingness and you go okay but that's not a reality we would disagree with that so we press back against that but we gladly accept these these false narratives Um, and some people in them have admitted that they're not true uh, others, you know, still maintain that no, this is really what happened. But other, some people have admitted that this is not a reality. Regardless, they can't all be true. And and let's go to somebody that authoritatively, because it's it's in the spirit inspired, spirit wrought 
canon of scripture. Let's look at somebody that can, that we can lean on and trust. This is his experience in the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, he does not know. Yeah. You I tell you what, uh, so why don't I open this with prayer? And why don't, then... I'll, we'll flip that. I'll, okay. I'll pray quickly and, and then. All right. Well, you do that then. Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne of grace, there there are two temptations here. One is to to grab onto what we already believe, and then and then allow for error to creep into our thinking as we read these books or uh, talk about these experiences in heaven. But the other one is that we that we would outright reject anything that we're not comfortable with. Uh, and Heavenly Father, while I I do firmly believe that these experiential heaven trips are are absolute uh, f- absolutely false. There are other parts of, of what we're going to talk about today, not those, but other parts of what we're going to talk about today, that God, I, I would pray that your spirit would guide me into all truth, that your word would put parameters on what is acceptable and unacceptable, and that I would receive those things that are from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So again, our passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read verses uh, 2 through 7. If you have your Bible, you want to follow along. Paul begins here, I, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, who to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Yeah. So where does that fit into I went to heaven and saw this blue creature with gnarly teeth or whatever? Now, again, I've heard reports, but I've not read any of those books. Um, so you would be a little more qualified to, to, to be um, firmly, lovingly, but firmly critical of them. I, I've not read them. Well, I've only read the one. Okay. And, and, uh, and, you know, but I, I've listened to, for example, Hank Hanegraaff has a, a very good, uh, he does, the Bible Answer Man has a, a very good um, treatment on the, the danger of heaven is for real. And if you want to listen to that, uh, let me commend that to you. It's the CRI, Christian Research Institute. He covers that much better than I ever could. MacArthur uh, and David Platt also. Good. Uh, John MacArthur and David Platt have a, have a resource on that as well. I'm sure you could find some good stuff that just, I, I would not go to the stuff that supports it. Yeah, yeah. So the just just a tidbit, uh, just just the tip of the iceberg problem with with books uh, that um, that suggest that they've been to heaven is the aside from the fact that they don't they don't agree with each other, they don't agree with scripture. I mean, that right there is the end of the matter. Right. They don't agree with scripture. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it puts subjectivism, um, pluralism, relativism, all of those isms at the center of our faith. That you know, everybody has their own experience, and every experience is is real. It's it's existential, you know. Um, which which we uh, you know that's not where my heart is. I don't think that's what the Bible allows for. So so let's just study maybe a few ideas um, from today's text. Compare them with some 
other things that are going on, like you, you brought up the, the dharmic face of, of Hinduism and, and Buddhism. And again, I want to make this really clear. This is really important as we study some of these different religions, that, and we're not going to get into them today. I think we should get into a lot of them. I think we should study Mormonism. I think we should study uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. I think we should study... Um, so you talked about getting into those things. I think we should study the the Buddhism and the and the Hinduism, but but let's just today we're going to talk about how their view of death cannot it, it is not the same as the Christian view and understanding of death. So does that sound like a good kind of yeah a yeah? Good plan? I was just sitting here thinking about how so many of these um, proposed uh, experiences that people have had uh, when they died. And they've gone to heaven or they've gone to hell and they've got this message they want to share compared to the scriptures or compared to the reincarnation or compared to the atheist who says this is it. Part of the problem with all of these is it has created a certain sense of confusion. God's word explicitly states that God is not the author of confusion. Right. And and so that first, right there, first Corinthians fourteen, that right there should tell us something of the nature of all of these different views. Well, again, you got to be real careful because Second Peter chapter three talks about how Paul's writings are difficult to understand. So there's a difference between the secret things belong to the Lord our God, right? So there are some things that are beyond our understanding and that are very confusing. But there's there's that's very different than. Things that are uh, unbiblical, uh, mutually exclusive. You can't hold all of these views together, uh, and and then so discord and confusion. Like mm-hmm. that. That is absolutely what we're not about. So so maybe in an effort to be less confusing, to eschew obfuscation, our <laughs> listeners should really get that in their minds. That which is the most confusing way of saying don't be confusing. Um, but but this man, whether in the body or out of the body. Paul says he does not know. He heard things that that cannot be told, which man may not utter. And yet you have a how old is is is? Are we bringing names up of books? Yeah, I think we need to warn some people about reading stuff like this. So yeah. I, I don't mind Kevin Burpo. I think is 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 that his dad or him? Todd Burpo is I think the dad. Okay, so the the, the Burpo. You have a young boy telling these things that are so wonderful, and yet the 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 man who learned at the feet of Gamaliel that was, you know, brilliant above his years, that was well-versed in scripture, and then uh, was selected by God, supernaturally taught, uh, and then taken to the third heaven, says, yeah, I can't, I can't explain these. I can't utter these. But but a seven year old can now again that, that that is not the drop the mic don't trust this book moment, but it is a very big concern that you have a a, an inspired author saying, uh, "Man, uh, th- which man may not utter." So he says, "On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses." Um, and then, and then he says, "So to keep me in verse seven of of Second Corinthians twelve, so to keep me from becoming conceited. Why would he become conceited?" Well, he would become conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. So if if these 90 minutes in heaven, heaven is for real, these types of books, if they had seen heaven, um, 
from Paul's perspective, they would receive some type of affliction to keep them from becoming conceited because they had seen something so big, not they had seen something so majestic, so surpassing of our understanding in terms of its goodness. Uh, we're going to sell it and make lots of money. They would have, they likely would have had something that humbled them, which is what Paul had. So to, uh, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger, that actually messenger there is, is Angelos, it's, it's angel, a, a, an angel of Satan, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. And then he goes on to say, three times I prayed, I begged for this thing to be gone. It was no light affliction. It was a horrible thing in order to keep him from becoming conceited because he had seen these things. He And, and again, Nobody has ascended to heaven. Nobody has descended from heaven except for Christ. Yeah, I do want to mention, because I can just hear in my mind some pushback good, from, good, from good. some people that maybe have read this or other books. I just want to say, like, there are things we don't fully understand that take place. Um, did this kid see something? You know, Colton is his name, by the way. Okay. Did this kid see something or did he experience something? Okay, maybe. Well, he likely experienced something. Now, now it could be total fraud, but and yeah. There, there are apparently things that he told about. If I'm, I'm just trying to remember. I haven't read the, the book in a while, but it seems like there was things about a grandmother that he couldn't have known, yeah. or, you know, literally yeah. or whatever. Like, I don't know how he came back with that information. Here's what I know. According to Scripture, he didn't go to heaven. Right now, how did he acquire that? How did he experience? It? I don't know. Right. Like there's things we don't know. Right. But what we do know is the authority and the truth contained in God's word. It's absolute. Right. So I, you know, if you're sitting there and you're you're listening to us, and you're skeptical, you like if you're saying, "Hey, wait a minute, how do we explain this?" Well, there, we just have to come to terms with the reality that there are some things we don't fully understand. Uh, Gavin, you and I have talked about this. My wife's a nurse. She spent uh, the bulk of her career uh, dealing uh, with nursing home residents. Uh, so her specialty, if she had one, would be gerontology. She experienced things. You, you said you've experienced this where yeah. uh, somebody on their deathbed sees something in the corner of a room, and they, they describe maybe a, an angel or even Jesus himself, and they, they describe this light. You know, hey, are they getting ready to, to enter into heaven? Maybe in that moment, I, I don't know. Again, um, here's what I know: I know that God's word is truth without error. And for this twelve-year-old, or for any other, what, regardless of age, to come back with these stories that don't agree with one another, that don't agree with Scripture, that say they've been to heaven. I'm not saying they didn't experience something. I'm saying they didn't experience heaven. Yeah, well, you, you brought up um, Lazarus and the rich man and that chasm that cannot be crossed. Well, let me go back and warn. So again, the idea of ghost is something that is foreign to Scripture, and someone says, no, they saw Jesus as a ghost. Well, he wasn't a ghost. you know. I mean, So they say, but yeah, they had to have a reference. Well, I have a reference for a unicorn. doesn't mean that they exist. <laughs> you know, I, I have references for all sorts of things that don't exist. I, 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 by the way, we, we, in all this talk of death, I think it's very important that like death is very, very prominent in our culture. In fact, Thanatos is a Greek word for death, and, and every, you know, is it Thanos or Thanatos is the Greek word, but who's the, who's the, uh, Avenger? Yeah. Thanos. Thanos. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, like we understand. That's probably not a coincidence. It, no, 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 no. Certainly not. a Absolutely not a coincidence. I, yeah. But, um, but I have a reference for him. Is, is he real? No. 
I have a reference for, you know, the Hulk. And if you're a child listening to this, I'm sorry. But yeah, like, so we have these references. Ghosts are not real. And there's a chasm that can't be crossed. And there's nobody, like, you know, John had a vision of heaven. Paul says, in the body, out of the body, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know what's going on. This is what I saw. And then he can't talk about it. Uh, so, and we we know that there's, you know, that, that ladder, there's no ascending and descending from heaven. And, you know, the, you know, Jesus is the one that came down. And he's right. the one that will... That, that ascended back up. Other than that, we know that these are things are not a reality. Um, so well, how do you explain them? I love that. I don't. I don't have to. Right. I mean, I, I mean that's I've, not my area of expertise. I've, I've got God's holy word. Right. So is it demonic activity? Well, we know that there'll be signs and wonders that performed that'll lead us astray that are done by the, you know, the, the angel that, that will, the people will disguise themselves or sorry, the devil himself disguises him, is disguised as an angel of light. They're, the demons will be disguised as, as something good. They'll perform wonders and false signs and, and lead people astray. So do, is it that? I don't know. Is it a fraud? I don't know. Is it some some vision of theirs? I have no idea. But like you said, let's land on these things. So let's look at some other so let's look at some other um, false understanding. Um, um, by the way, read uh, Luke sixteen twenty two, uh, and I, I just want to go over some maybe some false under Luke sixteen twenty two. You guys can turn there as well, um, and I'm going to look at some different ideas, maybe of death that we could address. Okay, so you ready? Yeah, Luke sixteen twenty two. So it was that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Yeah, so you know those angels that carried the the beggar uh, to to the bosom of Abraham. There are a whole bunch of things that we could address right there, but but the idea that just this past Monday, the 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 lady, a beautiful church member, looked up looked to her family and and said, I was told that I'm going to be taken today and I will not be experiencing any more pain. And she was taken that day. Wow. So what do I think about that? I have no idea. Yeah. Do I think that she saw an angel ready to usher her up into the kingdom of glory? I have no idea. You know, I mean, and I'm very open to that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, and and they happen a lot. One, let's start with low-hanging fruit. Uh, Bernard Williams uh, who lived from 1929 to 2003, just to get kind of an uh, an idea of, of maybe his the cultural impact of his thinking, uh, said eternal life would be profoundly unattractive to him, like to live forever. And low-hanging fruit is to make a distinction as a Christian between being a vampire, which does not exist, but you have a reference for that, a vampire, and being in the presence of God. Vampires, which don't exist and are not real, but the idea that they live forever is profoundly unattractive to me. Right. That's not the Christian view of heaven. To be in the presence of God, being filled with waves upon waves. I think it was Jonathan Edwards that talked about had he been in in one of uh, one of the experiences he had with God, um, if he if if the waves of pleasure wouldn't have stopped, he would have died. I mean, it, it's that type of when you have your glorified body of just just waves of 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 enjoying pleasurable and pre- pleasurably enjoying God. That is something that will not be boring. If in your mind you view eternity with God, something that would be tedious, that, oh, that doesn't even sound appealing to me. Somebody said it's kind of going to be church-like. In in one sense, it it will sort of be church-like, but infinitely attractive and pleasurable and good, right? 
It will not be boring. I'm so glad that you said that because I know some people have this picture of heaven like we're all going to be cherub angels just floating around playing harps. And i got to be honest with you, that really doesn't sound very appealing to me. It shouldn't. But that's not what heaven is pictured as in Scripture. Well, um, I, I, I maybe we'll get into it tomorrow, but but that uh, John Owen quote where he says, herein would I live, herein would I die, hereon would I dwell in my thoughts and affections to the withering consumption of all the painted beauties here below until they become unto me a dead and deformed thing, no way meet for affection and embraces. And that's a gross paraphrase, but but. I think part of of what we do here in this life is to meditate on the glory of God so much so that the things of earth grow strangely dim. Right? Yeah, that's so good. And and I think when we view heaven in light of our current way of thinking, heaven becomes a way that we can focus on ourselves and to sit there and play a harp focused on myself is very unattractive. It, it should be. But imagine now going to the concert of the person that you've loved the most and they ask you to come up and play in the band, and you're qualified. Hmm. I mean, that that changes the scenario a little bit because now it's not about you. Now it's like I get to play with Russ. Who's your favorite? Justin Bieber. <laughs> like I think you're a <laughs> what do they call a, a Swifter? You're, what do they call Taylor Swift followers? A Swifter? You're a, a Swifter jet? So, anyways, but like, like I think if if they would call you up now, it's like, oh, I get to be a part of that, and you know, I think that will it, it'll just be this focus will be removed from ourselves and onto the glory of God, and that's what will make the beatific vision. The beatific vision will make heaven uh, uh, beautiful. Will make make heaven enjoyable, and the beatific vision is is to to be in the presence of God, the immediate uh, apprehension of God. That will make heaven enjoyable. And to be a part of that, even if, and I don't believe harps are a part of it, and we certainly won't have wings. We're not angels. We're not cherubs. We're, we're going to be, we're going to have glorified bodies and whatever that may mean. Uh, there's some, some vagueness there, but, but it will be an enjoyable place. So, so one, we would disagree that eternal life is not, he says would be profoundly unattractive. If you're a Christian, eternal life with God is profoundly unimaginably attractive. Yeah. Amen. Okay. What other what other ones do we want to look at? Reincarnation. Yeah. So okay, uh, we started out this week on that. It is appointed unto man once to die. Yeah. We we are not um, to be born over and over and over again into Until the cycle right. of life. So so the Dharmic faiths have a continuing cycle of birth, life, death, and rebirth. It's called the samsara, uh, and and to be liberated from that cycle and to again to to kind of go into the oneness of all of the universe into what they it's this higher being, this higher state. It's not even a God. It's not personal, but would be the moksha. And we would not believe in any of that, right? Yeah, it's so hogwash. It's hogwash, right. And so we would believe that you have one one life to live. Isn't that your favorite show too? You listen to Taylor Swift and watch One Life to I, Live. No, I think in One Life to Live, some uh, like uh, uh, the rap guy, One Life to Live or something. I forget his name. I don't know. Was it One Life Eight to Mile. Live? I, I, now, now, I'm, now I'm actually You've thinking about You've got that on this. your phone. I know. One life yeah. to live. One life yeah. to live, though. Is that a soap opera? Oh, oh, days of our lives. I don't, I don't know. know. Press on towards the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving the past Neither behind. of us are watching our stories today, no, for sure. All right. Grief. So, um, so we we would not believe that. What are some other bad ways of thinking about uh, heaven? So this is it. Uh, that this this is all there is. Where you know, turn out the lights. The party's over. When we did, that's your atheist there that would rather save a dog than a drowning human because the dog is you know more worthy or whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, what what we would call materialist, yeah, 
um, th- that matter is, is all that is. And so, um, traditional materialists take each person to be a purely physical object, a human body. And some of them believe that, okay, this, this matter doesn't go away. So you'll just keep being reborn, but it's not in the, the Hindu Buddhist way of the, the samsara, the, the being reborn, but, but others believe like, this is it. Once, once you, once you die, once the organism stops functioning, that's all there is. And what would you say to that? Uh, hogwash. Yeah. You know, we, we clearly in scripture, scripture is, could not be more clear that, that we live eternally. The, the question on the table is, will you live eternally with God in heaven, or will you live eternally paying for the sin that Jesus died for that you rejected? Right. So Ecclesiastes 3 says that God has set eternity in oh, our hearts, right? right so right. so we understand. Now, we can't understand his plans and his purposes like that, but but he we do understand there's something more. Yes. In fact, overwhelmingly and repeatedly, most people believe that there is something after life. Because because God has kind of written that on. Now we can we can suppress the truth in unrighteousness, which is a Romans one idea that that it's not a lack of knowledge or a lack of of this kind of intuitive sense that there's something more out there. But we can over time suppress the truth in our unrighteousness. So it's not an intellectual thing. It's not an academic thing. It's a moral thing. We suppress the truth. Ooh, we got to wrap it up. Um, uh, so, and, and that's where I would go to Romans one also, where it says professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Like there, there is a sense at which you're not wisely thinking about these things in an effort to be, um, to avoid God, you've become real foolish. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, listener, I thank you for, uh, listening to the end. This is all the time we have for today. In fact, this is bonus coverage, I would say at this point. And uh, so I just want to invite you to continue to open your Bible. Gavin, you had something? Just one last thing. Here's a little tidbit for these long ones, these long uh, messages. You can speed up most of these podcasts to listen to. Uh, we'll sound a lot smarter fast when you play us fast. Just speed also, his part up. Yeah, no doubt. I need it. <laughs> All right. Uh, until we see you again tomorrow, keep opening your Bible. Until then, God bless.